This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew, ew! Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Happy one-year anniversary, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the one-year anniversary special episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. Can you believe I have been doing this for a whole year? It has been such a fun ride. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this thing, telling your friends about it, helping it spread through word of mouth, writing iTunes reviews, I know a few people have been using the Amazon affiliate link, which really helps us out as well. And very soon, we are going to be launching the All Access Club. That's right. That's what we're going to call it, the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. We're still ironing out the details. I know this has been going on for a while, but these things, they take time, you know, to figure out all the different things we have to do. But I'm confident in the next couple of weeks, that will be a thing. So get ready. For the All Access Club. Very, very excited to launch that. I know there are some diehards that want more. That one episode a week, you know, we've, this is episode 53, and that's just not enough for some of you. And you want more. So, I will give you more. And that is what the All Access Club will be all about. And today, it's pretty cool. From where we came, we will return. Uh, it, it, it's come full circle the prodigal son has returned. I, I don't know. Uh, hey, we got Caleb Shomo from Beartooth back on the show, part two. As you probably know, he was the first guest ever on the very first episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. He was also the first person I ever sat down with. It seemed only fitting for the one-year anniversary of the show to have him back to talk about all the amazing things Beartooth have going on, everything that's happened to them in the last year. It's been a crazy year. So catching up with Caleb, who is one of my best friends, was amazing, and I'm so happy he could join me for this episode. If you haven't heard the first one, sure, go back, check it out. You can listen to all these episodes. You don't have to listen to them in order. It doesn't matter. I think, if anything, it's better to start with the new ones and work your way backwards, you know, because they're usually more relevant to the time, and we talk about current events and things going on, so... I think the more current, the better. But you know what? Do whatever the hell you want. As long as you're listening to my show, I am so stoked. In other news with me, if you're listening to this from Europe, I'm coming with my band Silverstein. We're playing the Rise Up tour over there. 
It is us, Memphis May Fire, The Devil Wears Prada, and Lake Mazda Flames. We're doing like 10 UK shows, six German shows, a couple shows in France. Yes, France, that's right, France. Don't forget about France. Belgium and the Netherlands. And those shows are coming up fast. Uh, I leave tomorrow for Europe. So please don't sleep on tickets. Go get them now. You can get them wherever, you know. I don't know. I don't know where you buy tickets in Europe. Wherever you do that, though, that's where they will be available. And if you live in the fine city of Detroit or Cleveland or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or New York City, please come see me on tour solo with my solo outfit, River Oaks. We are doing, well, I am doing a tour between Christmas and New Year's. It's a very, very nice time to tour. Everybody's home. You got your Christmas money. Nothing really going on. No one's working. So come hang out with me. I'd love to meet y'all. Tickets are on sale for that tour right now. Go over to riveroaksmusic.com. There's some VIP stuff as well, but riveroaksmusic.com, and you can grab your tickets. And if you want to help out the show, I mentioned earlier the Amazon affiliate link. If you buy anything off Amazon, anything at all, and we got Christmas coming up, there's lots of things that you're going to need to buy. And Amazon, I mean, geez, it's a great place. They got everything. They even got the new Nintendo Classic Mini. I'm sure it's sold out, but they had it at one point. So, hey, whatever you're going to buy, use our Amazon affiliate link. It is leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as normal. Whatever you buy, we get 4 to 6%. It costs you absolutely nothing. So please check that out. It really, really does help us keep this thing running. And lastly, if you want to get in touch, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We are on all the social networks. Check it out. I got a Snapchat as well. Real Shane told. Boom. Done. There's the intro. Hey, thank you, listeners. Sinners, that's what I'm calling you. Thank you so much, my sinners, for a great year. And here's to many, many more. Cheers, cheers sound. Pop the champagne, whatever I'm going to do. It's probably just going to be a couple like cans of beer. But hey, you know, whatever. I'm just alone on a Sunday night. But hey, thank you very much for listening. Love you all. Here it is. My conversation with my good pal, Mr. Caleb Shomo of Beartooth. She was you know what you're Here we go again. <laughs> Round two. Holy shit. I, uh, can you believe that I've been doing this podcast for a year? Dude, what happened? We were. It feels like not long ago that we were doing this drinking cocktail. It doesn't feel like long ago at all uh, on the Warp Tour, but so much has happened. Yeah. Um, shit's been pretty full on since then, man. I... I don't even remember what the last thing we like talked about then was. It's all been such a blur. It's crazy. Well, Seriously, dude. I mean, the last. I mean, I have. I have. I should have went. Probably went back and listened to the episode again. Um, I remember it pretty well. But I. I mean, at that point, you know, you guys hadn't even started. 
you know, or you hadn't started writing aggressive yet. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. You were still, you were talking about how in the, the in-between, how that song was just popping off on radio and how you were going to extend the album cycle. So it's kind of wild now. Here we are a year and a half later since we talked. And, uh, you, you know, you're popping off on your second record, basically on like your first like serious, serious headline tour. So how's everything going? Dude, it's unbelievable, man. We are like coming to the end of the tour and it's been absolutely insanity, dude. I mean, first off, the fact that we have every time I die on our tour to me is just like a mind blower. That band is so sick. And, sick. Uh, you know, I, it's just really crazy to watch them every night. And they put on such a gnarly show. It's very, very cool. But, uh, you know, they, they just crush. So that's one thing that I literally get on stage and I'm like, give it up for every time I die. And every time I say it, I'm like, holy shit, that's a real thing that I'm saying right now. And like, and they're um, opening for you. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying is it's like, it is really hard to wrap my head around. And then dude, so I just sent, we have a show, well, we have a day off and a show tomorrow in Columbus. Yes. And, I just confirmed on an email for our finalized pyro cues. <laughs> um, that's a real thing that I just I just did on an email. <laughs> Was uh yeah, when our pyro is going to be going off, when our CO2 is going to be going off, we have like spark explosions going off of the truss and we're doing like a full fucking filming all day thing and it I don't know, things went from you know, in between doing well to we have. I just sent an email about fucking pyro. Yeah, <laughs> like, what is happening? Dude? Yeah, like don't you know? Don't pull a James Hetfield and get burnt by the flash pot. Yeah, man. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm Jesus, gonna do my best. No, I mean that's pretty damn cool. Um, yeah. So the the Columbus show, I, I assume it's already sold out, and that's your big hometown show tomorrow. Um, that's something that we don't talk about a lot on this podcast. Is like the whole hometown thing, you know, because obviously you're a touring band, you you get accustomed to playing different cities all over the world all the time. But there really is nothing like doing that hometown show when like you're like I'm sure your family's going to be there, your friends. It really is yeah. different. Oh, it's totally different. I mean, the last time we did one uh was at this venue called the Newport Music Hall, which yes. is a great venue in Columbus. And it was a killer show. And then we didn't even really have, we didn't have any touring support. It was just kind of a one-off for us. And we had some of our friends' bands come and play. And uh, that went really well. So the fact that we get to do this again, and the venue is Express Live, which is going to be the biggest headline show we've done. It's 2,200 people. Nice. And uh, it's it's kind of daunting, honestly. Like this is That's the venue growing up. You, you know, you start playing in bands and you work your way up. There's like the oh, the Columbus circuit, which is like you play in someone's <laughs> basement. Then you play, you know, hopefully the venue called The Basement, which is like a 300. <laughs> then you go to maybe the 700. <laughs> then you go to maybe the, you know, the 1,000 or like 1,200. I don't remember what Newport is. But if you can make it to uh, Express Live, that's like the fucking dream, at least for me. So uh, it's truly unbelievable, man. They, and that's like 
since we last talked, I feel like that's just what has been happening in different ways. Like, did were we confirmed for the Slipknot tour? Uh, you were, but you couldn't talk about it yet. Right. Yeah. So, like, that, we I did think that you got pod- the news the oh day God, we talked. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, because we got that, uh, and I, I mean, obviously my mind was fucking shattered, and <laughs> so I'm, like, trying to not, you know, say anything about it, and I really it was tough to do. Then right after that, about a week later, we confirmed, a, like, Bring Me the Horizon Europe tour, which was our biggest tour we did over there, and then from there, it's just been kind of, like, going insane the touring has been well the whole thing has been non-stop not even just the touring like we did all those tours and went straight into making a record and then it was just well here you go right back at it again like it's 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 hard to like stop and breathe and actually think about it you haven't though i mean you haven't stopped at all um the break you took to make a record didn't feel like a break to, to make a record it just it felt like just a little like you blink, like someone blinked and you're back. Um, you know, I yeah. had I had a uh, Chris from uh, Lake Mosta Flames on on the other day, and you know, ov- obviously another Ohio band, and we were we were talking yeah. about the idea of of hype, you know, and how mm. you start a band, you know, you put a song on the internet, people start talking, you get signed, and there's this there's this hype that forms, and eventually, absolutely the hype wears off and for like Master flames they had a kind of an issue where the hype kind of went away and and you know and they had a lot of trouble trying to get that hype back with you guys it has not waned the hype just has been there and it has just seemingly almost increased and <laughs> like it's kind of wild dude and i just almost wonder i mean you're on the inside looking out but like what you attribute that to if anything Dude, I, I really wish I knew better. Um, <laughs> it's, it. I don't know. I've had this talk actually with a few different people that are just like, "What is it like to, you know, with all this shit going on?" And I'm, I, I just don't really know. From my point of view, I'm so like out of the loop on how our band is doing. I know that sounds really weird, but just at least me personally, like. I'm not a huge, like, internet dude. I don't really, I don't know. I just don't follow a ton of the stuff that, like, stay on, like, the hype network, kind of like the hype circuit. So I just assume, I was like, yeah, we had our first record and it went well. And, you know, I think, yeah, we did have our hype moment where we, like, Warped, I think, was huge. And then, like, you know, the Warped, well, first Warped and the second Warped. And then... For me, uh, since the second record has come out, it's been pretty fucking scary because it happened so quick with the first album. And then the second record honestly was put together. The majority of it was done within about two months, which is kind of freaky when the first record was done over the course of months and months and months. It was just like kind of songs written here and there. So throw all that shit together. And then we didn't, like, our first stuff wasn't in the United States. We went straight to Europe to support our new record, which right. was a very new thing to me. 
And we've been hitting Europe and the UK really hard, which is a tough thing as an American band to be hitting so young, but we've been trying to make a point to do it. So going from, you know, putting out the record and then we did, we had some great shows. I mean, we did download on main stage, which (laughs) was like the first like endless, I I call it like the endless sea crowd where like you literally can't see the end. And (laughs) you know, know, that was, that's an incredible feeling. You know what I'm talking about? Like it, it, it's literally, it's, it leaves you speechless and that was the craziest show we've ever played. But we go from that, and then we did some Europe festivals, and we we just kind of went to still trying to like really build over there, and like put out the record, and then go with a bang, you know, do some huge tour, and boom, 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 boom. It was more kind of like still just setting everything up, which is kind of scary because to me in my head, I'm like, how have people even been receiving the record in the U.S.? How are people? Right. You know, all, all over the world, I don't really know. And then, you know, we did, obviously, with you guys, we did the tour with Pierce, yeah. and we did Hawaii, and then right Silver after, tooth, we went baby. straight to Silver Japan. Tooth. So it was like, Silvertooth, yeah, Silvertooth lives, and also, will never die. Never. Gonna make it a tour. It's gonna happen someday. You heard it here yes, first. it's gonna happen. Um, we're, it is absolutely gonna happen. You heard it here first, and it's, yeah. we're doing stuff. We're talking. We're talking. So, we got things. We got things working. But you know, like, so even then, we didn't even fuck. We just went all over to all the other countries first. Yeah, and it's. I think it's been more relieving to me as time has gone on, because my biggest fear was the U.S. The U.S. is a tough market, honestly, man, to like keep a hold on yeah. because people get shows constantly. Even on this tour that we're doing right now. There are so many tours going on that are huge tours. Yeah. And, I mean, tons of them. And, like, all come to the same rooms. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking. But going into this, after doing Australia, which went great. I think we did well. All the new stuff went over great. Hawaii was a lot of fun. Japan was really cool. That, That Europe tour we did was great. But, you know, like I was saying, coming back here and it being so scary to be in the States, and like, that's when you see if the hype is still around yes. or if you are a fucking one-hit wonder. You yeah. know, that's that's what I was honestly scared of. I was like, did we strike gold with this first record? Right. And then is this next one going to be a dud? And it really, as far as I know, <laughs> it seems to be working out, man. The shows have been great. People are fucking having a great time. Uh, and the new songs seem to be going over really well. Yeah, I want to talk about the the new record, Aggressive. Um, you, you wrote it a lot faster. Um, obviously, like something that is kind of you know, I think everybody in the music industry knows. Uh, maybe fans don't know it as much. Um, but the second record is like the make or break for every band. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. the sophomore slump is a real thing. Uh, I've had this conversation with people numerous times. I don't know about on the podcast, but it's almost impossible to name a band that really fucked up their second record and still was able to have a career. Dude, I completely agree. Second Um, record is the most important record of your career. Absolutely. But for you to make it so quickly and just sort of like, I don't want to say shit it out because that's obviously not... You know, but compared, I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> but you know, compared to the amount of of effort and 
and you know just you know it was so like we talked about you making that record and like you know you're crying on the floor at the end of the record in, in your own studio you know pouring your soul and your heart into that record and then this one just is like yeah I pretty much did the whole thing in two months it's like that's kind of a that's kind of a crazy way to approach it is it not yeah oh it is it absolutely is I mean when it dude the whole thing was uh it's like really hard to explain even the process of this so I'm gonna try my best to explain how this two months even went like yeah like you said you know the first record was it had a way different tone um and it took a lot longer because I think I was still trying to figure out what Beartooth meant to me and what the sound sure. was and what the Absolutely. emotion was I was trying to capture. And so I took a while to discover that. But the thing that was a little different with why I was okay with making the second record so fast is we toured like, you know, like we talked about, we extended the first record cycle way longer than we expected it to be. Yeah. You know, we did a full two year cycle and for bands in our scene, that's, you know, that's kind of long sometimes. So doing a full two year cycle, you know, I'm out on the road just seeing show after show after show of what are the people responding to? Right. What parts are they standing there with their arms crossed, bored out of their minds and what parts are they having a blast? So, that was a huge influence on aggressive because to me, like I, uh, we have so much invested in our live show. You're a live Just, band. I mean, yeah, exactly. If people exactly. haven't seen Beartooth, that, that's, you know, if you hear him and you're like, Oh yeah, no band's pretty good. You have to see it live. Um, you know, you just have to. And I, and, and like going back <laughs> yeah. to my question, I asked you about, about the hype. I mean, I, I guess I was almost alluding to maybe that's the reason is because your live show, you know, so, so I mean, putting your live show into your new record, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks. And I've just, it just seemed natural. It seemed like the progression because also I was so fucking bummed out just on the first record emotionally. I was yeah. completely like torn down, real sad. <coughs> and like that, I don't know. That was what drove the record. Was like insecurity and pain and all this dark shit. And all that touring, I think, really helped me get my head together. And it helped me figure out what what I wanted to do. And I'm a completely different person now, I think, than I was when I wrote that first album. And I, that also had a huge influence. And it it kind of like turned into just being pissed off it, it, instead of it being this like okay well here's like you know the happy record where it's going to be real fucking boring and you know whatever he's gonna he's not gonna have anything cool to write about it turned into my happiness became like anger at the past because i spent so much of my life yeah completely fucking entrenched in depression and sadness and all these negative emotions that it pissed me off. I feel like I wasted, you know, <laughs> six of six years of my life or something to just worrying so much about 
fucking things that don't matter. Well, and yeah, go you ahead. know, yeah, go ahead. No, no go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say. So where that came to, I think, with the tone of the record and why it happened so quick is because it had just been pent up on the road for like I've been wanting to write for so long. Yeah. And then I got in the studio and it was just like, boom, 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 song, 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 just like lyrics out the ass, fucking right. riffs all over the place. It just like exploded. <laughs> lyrics out the ass. I want to take that <laughs> clip. I just want to take that clip and use it over and over again. Lyrics Please up do. the ass. Lyrics <laughs> out the ass. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, well, literally talking out of my ass. We were talking last time on the, on the last podcast and, you know, you were sort of talking about what your approach was going to be uh, with the second record because I kind of said to you, I'm like, you're kind of a happier guy now. Uh, you're, you're in a way different place. You know, Attack Attack is, is very, very far in the rearview mirror at this point. Um, yeah. And I said to you, you know, what are you going to write about? And you kind of mentioned that you thought the record might almost be like a, a, a prelude to kind of what happened with Attack Attack. Um what did you end up kind of writing about with these songs? Like, you know, if, if you can talk like specifically about some of them. Yeah, totally. Uh, the song loser is absolutely like a prelude to uh, attack attack and that whole era of my life that the song is about like childhood and just, I guess what kind of drove me into that place and yeah. things like just trying to, do anything to please anybody, like anything to be accepted to the point of losing who I was as a person. And, um, you know, the song is also just about my love of music and that being the one thing that makes me just not give a fuck about anything else in this world because that's who I am. That is absolutely my identity through and through is just music, period. So no matter what, I'd try to do to make other people happy or to try and fit in and be cool. Um, none of it worked and none of it yeah. did anything for me. So, and it always came back to music. It came back to like playing guitar and playing drums and writing songs. So, you know, there's loser. And then there's things like, um, the song aggressive, which I mean, Oddly enough, today after our election happened. Oh my god! Um, yeah, I mean, like we have to at least touch on this at some point. Oh, it was inevitable. Oh, it was gonna I'm, come up. I'm pretty destroyed today, man. I mean, uh, literally, I was I was for, like nauseous last night, like almost in tears. For people I, listening, for people listening to this, this is we're talking on the Wednesday, so we're talking the day after uh, the election. Trump has uh, yeah has won. Trump has been elected president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Yeah. Um, and I'm not even like a very political dude. I'm not very, you know, well-versed in this whole world, but yes, there are just things that you cannot be fucking blind to. And it, Oh my god, I, I I'm like so filled with fucking anger and like sadness and ah, I don't even know how to how to explain it, but yeah, it's really fucked. So you know, at least this coming into the song aggressive, like this is all you know starting to happen when I was writing this song, 
And it's just kind of about like how this society turns people fucking evil. And like, you know, what do you expect when this is the way you are as either a leader or be a parent, pretty much anyone with influence and anyone with power. Um, I look at the state of so much of like our youth and our generation and, um, you know, myself included, that it just makes us fucking violently angry. Yes. And, um, like, what, basically, what else do you expect? What else do you expect is going to happen when you fucking do this? And, like, our music video is the first thing remotely political we've ever done as a band, but, I mean, it's pretty fucking straightforward. <laughs> like, look at the... I mean, look at the illusions in that I don't video. I have seen it's the like, video. Um, what happens in the video? Well, I mean, it was like the... We were getting texts from you guys. Uh, I don't remember who, but I think there was a small group text with maybe, like, Bill and Paul Mark and a few people that were like... Because it had that dude, Canis, who was, like, the fucking leader. And there's, like... Basically, the video, if you haven't seen the aggressive music video in a nutshell... Is there? It's like a point of view camera of a dude who's like kind of running around, causing mischief and kind of raising hell in this. It seems like kind of dictatorship era, or like uh-huh. you know, very strongly alluding to the state of our country and where it was headed, uh, and now what is reality? And you know, there's like posters on the wall. It said like. It was some made-up dude. It said, like, Canis 2016 or something, and he's, like, going up and spray-painting it and, like, fucking writing fuck you on it or whatever. I don't really remember. Okay. And then uh, then he, like, kid goes up to a table with, like, people trying to pass out flyers for this guy, and he, like, flips it. Basically, the whole thing happens, finds, like, one of his political advisors, and he, like, ties him up. It's actually pretty fucking gnarly. And then the kid's, like, eight years old at the end of the video. And, um, you know, but yeah, I do remember getting texts from you guys that were like, fuck Kane is 2016. And like, it was really funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that, um, I think pretty much what we're trying to sum up with that is it really affects, it affects so much of the future. Like I get it. I, okay, no, I don't get it. I I see where. No, I don't even I don't fucking know, see. I don't, I don't see... have any reason. I see zero reasoning with any of this. But it's... basically, yep. people they're just so blind, willingly blind. They're not blind. They just fucking want to be. They're selfish to the fact that we're the people that have to live with this. We are the fucking generation that has to grow up. You know, right? And be because America our after fucking Donald Trump, right? Was you know our president? Because our generation would have would have been, I mean, vast like a vast majority of people voted our age voted for Hillary Clinton. You know, you know, like I mean, it's, yeah. I don't know the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but a vast majority. That's a good point, and that's something that isn't talked about really. Is the is that you know like. You know, even like, well, I'm Canadian, right? So, you know, but I was talking to my dad today. My dad's 71. And uh, he's like, I don't know, maybe Trump's going to do a good job. It's like, well, you know what, dad? Like, if he doesn't, 
you know, um, and I, I hope my father doesn't pass away in the next few years, obviously, but, you know, you're not going to be around to see it. You know what I mean? I'm going to be here, and my children, your grandchildren, are going to be the ones dealing with it if, if Trump really moves us backwards and fucks everything up, um, you know, in, in our society. And um, that's a great point that isn't really talked about that much. It's like these old people... It's like almost, you almost get to a certain age. It's like maybe you shouldn't be allowed to vote anymore. <laughs> Dude, it's like why it, you're just it's fucking up everything for all of us, for all of us that want to, like, try and move forward and want progress. And like even just ah, just like things that you think would be fucking common sense or else you would just be a literal hate monger is like just now that's fine. Like the fact that like what the, f- Oh my God. First off, like all the things with women and the way he treats them, all these documented things and people are just like, wow, no, nah, it was locker room talk. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you. <laughs> like that yeah, is, I know you are so fucking narrow minded. The guy is openly fucking bigot, like an open bigot, an open racist, fucking anti-Muslim, like, and again, I'm not even a political, like, dude at all. This is just from me as a person seeing this person and just the way they act. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's literally one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And now he's the leader of the quote-unquote free world. Yep. Like, what the fuck happened? Literally, what the fuck happened? I, I just can't even, like, I, I don't even know what to do, what to say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm having a lot of trouble, you know, like my sister lives in Las Vegas. Um, you know, she has a family. She has three, three kids, my three nephews. And it's the, the part I'm really having trouble with is like, you know, the, my oldest nephew, he's he's 11. And, you know, he's heard Trump. He knows about the grab her by the pussy thing. Do you know what I mean? Like he knows yeah. that that was said. And now he knows that that man said that thing. And now he is... The, you know, like you say, he is the leader of the free world. What is that teaching a child that you you can say and you can do whatever you want? You can say and do disparaging things against women. I mean, isn't Trump going to go on trial for raping a thirteen-year-old girl? I mean, I, is that true? I, I know that, that on the internet. I've I've been reading things like I know he has a lot of charges uh, that have been kind of like been trying to be swept to the wayside during this election. I, I, I just, know that for sure is a thing. I just don't like that, that my, you know, my 11 year old nephew is, is like, Oh yeah, no, you can say that you can do that. And you're going to win. You, you can, you can be the president of the United States because it used to be, you would tell kids, you can be anything you want. You know, you're, you're, you're an American. You can be anything you want. You can be the president of the United States one day. If you work hard enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you do well in school, oh, if you, it makes me sick. And now that man has has basically showed that you can be a basically a piece of shit and get there. And I just don't whatever. I don't care what his economic policies are. I don't care if his tax plan is the greatest thing ever. The fact that he is representing America, the free world, um, you know, and and all these children are looking up to him. I mean, god damn, that's that's Dude, not it's, good, it's terrifying. It's literally terrifying. What he has said is like, 
yeah, you can, you know, cause back in the day it was, you can be anything you want to be. You can be a fucking astronaut. You can be a, you know, firefighter. You can be any of these amazing things if you put your mind to it. Now, you know what his, he is fucking representing. He's like, you can be a racist. You can be a bigot. You can absolutely be a sexist and a misogynist and a pig as long as you're rich and can work the system right and you're a white man, you can do whatever you want. Like, what the fuck kind of country is this that that is like, that's like the new fucking, what to me seems like what our kids are going to get their heads wrapped around is like, I know. And and you know, it's very, it's a huge step backwards. I'm very disappointed. And uh, I know a lot of people out there are, and I, a lot of people are, yeah. I mean, I right. had well, a lot of yeah. trouble getting out of bed this morning. I mean, yeah. Jesus. We needed to get that one off our chest. We had, I we think, had to talk about that. Because there is no way we couldn't get that out of the open. <sighs> no. Um, but, man, anyway. Well, anyways, uh, let's uh, try talking, our best to regroup here a little bit. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, and I'll be right back with more from Caleb from Beartooth. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Today's podcast is brought to you by Outer Loop Records. Originally founded as a sister company to Outer Loop Management in 2013, whose owner actually owns Jabberjaw, so very near and dear to my heart. Well, they're back. Outer Loop Records is back. They have a new partnership with Cooking Vinyl, and they're happy to announce they've signed four great bands, Chasing Safety, Magosh, Youth in Revolt, and Lorna Shore. Right now, we're going to play a quick clip of a brand new Chasing Safety song. This is from the album Brand New Prison, which comes out January 6th. If you like what you hear, pre-orders are available at allinmerch.com slash outerloop. That's allinmerch.com slash outerloop. And if you're in the greater New York City area, make sure you check out the Outerloop Records Showcase November 17th at Webster Hall. They got some cool contests they're going to be running, and tickets are available right now at WebsterHall.com. So here is a clip from the brand new Chasing Safety album. This is Brand New Prison. This is my Going back to back to you, um, I mean, and you're, um, you know, we talked a lot about your just depression, uh, your anxiety uh, that you went through, obviously, when you were younger, through the attack attack days, you know, and even going into the bear tooth days uh, a little bit. How are you doing now? I mean, now that, you know, things are kind of settled down um, in, in terms of like you got your band together, you know, you guys are a real tight unit. Um, obviously like, you know, you're married, Fleur, your wife is like 
a great friend of mine. She's awesome. You know, it seems like things in your life are really just kind of in a nice place for you. And, and so I'm just kind of asking personally, like, how are you doing? Do you still battle uh, depression at times? You know, how, how is that all for you? Yeah, uh, it's a lot better. It is absolutely a lot better. Having consistency is uh, is really cool. You know, when things are just so up in the air all the time, like we never know what's going to go on. We Even, you know, just like, how, you know, how are we going to get gas money to go to the next show? Like all these things sure. that are like so many variables. Um, it is much different nowadays. And I think, you know, I, I do, I do like having at this point in my life after touring for coming up on nine years it feels like life is kind of stable and um yeah it is still crazy as fuck we are still constantly going all over the place and touring like mad but um at the end of the day it's nice to know that i do have some of those consistencies and like you know it is nice to go home and hang out with my wife and my dog and you know i have my friends and it's nice to know that like Everybody in the band is some of my best buds. I absolutely love every person in this band, which is a rare thing. Honestly, man, like, I mean, you know, you've been torn for forever. Like uh, yeah. to having bandmates that you're actually good friends with is not as common as you would think, which, you know, to no. people that don't really know that aren't in the touring world, like a lot of people, you get in a few years and you realize you kind of hate these people, but you know, you got to put bread on the table sort of situation. So, yeah. you know, that's where a lot of things come out, but yeah, it's great, man. Everybody in the band is awesome. We're all having a blast out here on the road. Hell yeah, man. And well, life is, life is very, uh, man, I don't even know. It's like, uh, it's like a whirlwind in a glass case. <laughs> it's like, it's still controlled, <laughs> but, at the same time, it is pure madness going on the whole time. But Absolutely. at least I know that it's going to be controlled in one way or another. You know. Well, I mean, you need a little bit of madness and a little bit of 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 you know of, of uncertainty. Um, Absolutely, to keep it exciting, man. You know, that's the other thing too. We, we don't we aren't singers of bands touring the world uh, because it's we like things to be boring. We choose willingly to like, put ourselves in crazy situations. Exactly. But, yeah, Obviously, keeps, the excitement keeps is things alive. that drives us. Exactly. It keeps us alive. Um, uh, I mean, going back a little bit to the hype thing, uh, you guys have... I mean, there's a lot of bands in the world, Caleb. Uh, there's a lot of successful bands. There's a lot of cool bands. There's a lot of great bands. For you guys to be the undercard on a Bring Me the Horizon under oath, <laughs> oh, for you man. to get picked over every other band, because literally any band would do that tour, um, yeah. that must have been like, ooh, like like the Sally Fields thing, like, you love me, you really love me, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> that must have felt, <laughs> that must have been real, Dude. like, you must have been like, holy shit. I, yeah, dude, <laughs> that's so fucking cool. I mean, the, oh, to me, you know, I'm 23 years old. So when I was growing up listening, getting into like kind of post hardcore and this sort of stuff, fucking Under Oath was it, dude. 
they were the first band I think I ever heard that uh, had screaming in it that wasn't like straight up death metal. Right. And um, I mean, I'm talking when I was young, dude. When did uh, They're Only Chasing Safety come out? Do you know? Was that like 2004 uh, ish? Yeah. Yeah. 2004. So 2004, I was like 10 or 11. Um, and yeah, that was a wild record for me to hear. And then, you know, we got to know those guys a bit just through various things. And then we did the AP awards where we did like a split song where we did, right. um, I forgot about that. That, that thing was with cool under well. dude, that was like one of the coolest things ever. And, uh, you know, so it truly is wild. Also, it's really cool, just at least with Under Oath specifically, you know, growing up, starting to be in bands from so young, it kind of takes away the, like, starstruck factor um, in a lot of scenarios. So, like, getting yeah. to know that, yeah. you know, just because I've always been around this kind of world, and it's, it, so, like, it is different. To me, it's more of a thing of, I'm not, like, holy shit, this is like some crazy untouchable thing. Like when I meet people, it's just like, it's more of a respect. It's like, I have so much respect for this person. And, uh, it, you know, it, it was cool just to meet all those guys and right. uh, get to know them, right. the bit that we have and them all just be so fucking cool. So genuine and down to earth. Um, that's awesome. It's just like a huge respect that adds on to that. And same with, you know, Bringing the Horizon. We toured with them that one time in Europe. And they are, you know, arguably one of the fucking biggest bands on the planet right now. They just did two nights at the O2 Arena in London. That yeah. is 20,000 people per night, along with an entire arena tour around that. Like that's uh, wild. They're doing huge things, and they're all rad. They're all super fucking nice, just cool dudes. They like playing music, and they're really fucking good at it. There you go. So, um, I think where where this all comes in is, I just can't believe, honestly, that we were the band that got that email. I know um, it is incredible. I mean, I can believe it uh, because I know. You know, I see the hype, and I know how good you guys are live. I mean, I've watched you guys play probably more times than I've watched any other band in the last two years. Um, yeah, you know, for and, sure. And, and the one thing is, Caleb, is you've never watched your own band play. That's true. <laughs> you I had to wish be up there. I could, man. You know, so God I get it. it, but I totally understand the just being like, really us? Like, like that must just feel amazing, and. Yeah, that's must just feel amazing. Yeah, it, it's it's truly nuts, and um, yeah, it's such an honor. And I mean, I the thing that's I think I'm starting to understand a little bit of like shit is really like something's really happening right now. Is it just keeps happening? Like when we got the offer for Slipknot, I literally almost I, I like didn't believe it was real. Um genuinely i was like there's no fucking way that slipknot just sent us an offer to tour with them and it was and then a week later we got the thing from bring me that yeah. was like hey you want to do this and we we're like no fucking way right 
And then we start touring with all these, like, with these crazy bands. And then, you know, you think maybe that was just kind of it. Maybe we right. had, like, this moment. But then, no, we it's did Download Festival in That's front of I'm fucking, about, like, 40,000, 50,000 people. Then we did, you know, then we get this fucking under oath. Hey, you guys want to collab on a song at the I AP know, Awards? So then wild, it's man. fucking, let's do this tour. And we have like other tours that are insane right now. Again, that I can't like talk about yet because they aren't announced. So it's fucking crazy, man. It's hard to wrap my head around. I know, man. You know, it was cool seeing you up there with, uh, you know, under oath um, doing that collab. It's, it's funny because I'd say, my two like best friend bands are you guys and Under Oath. Like ab- absolutely, like if I look at all, you know, and I'll maybe like Bayside too. I have to, I have to mention, um, you know, as being some of my best friends. But you know, it's funny because we have such a generational gap uh, in age <laughs> between you know you and me for sure. Like we're like twelve or thirteen years apart in age, yet you know you're one of my best friends. Um, yeah, you know, and it's like it's really actually kind of crazy this the Silvertooth thing, how just how heavily our bands have and our band members have bonded. Dude, I've said this so many times, and like to people that don't know, I'm just gonna say to people listening, like this Silvertooth thing. Literally, it just when did it even like when did we start really? fucking bond i mean it was the tour we did with you guys where you took us out well that's that that's tour when it started it was it was funny that's when you know? like the spark started but then warp tour 2015 tour was, was when was it, it was like that was it we hung out every single day we had the porch yeah we had the cooler constantly full of good drinks <laughs> and yes, like the, you guys brought a fucking pelican like balls out cooler that's right we still got which it which ended up making it on stage for the silver tooth production that's correct which was hilarious but like you know in the whole thing about silver tooth and why it's so much fun to us is i think we can all collectively say members of bear tooth we have never bonded with a band so sincerely and so quickly like it was i don't know man it whenever we tore even like Hawaii and uh, you no, know Australia so and dude, it was just like literally it felt like one giant band. I know, like well, we all fucking go and break off in random groups to go get lunch, and it's not right. like there's there's not any. Uh, I feel like I could go have a meal with any of you guys, have a great time, and have a conversation, and that's like that's what makes it different. Is it's not like oh, there's one or two guys in that band that I'm like pretty cool with. It's like, no, we literally all just fucking hung out constantly and to the point where we're like, let's combine our sets on Warp Tour and we'd made fucking Silvertooth. Oh, my God. that uh, Silvertooth was one of the most fun fucking days ever, dude. And we took the shirt money and we got pizzas and like, what a day. Never will forget it. No, uh, that's that is incredible. And yeah, it's funny. I, I, I recall it as being like, we did that tour, you know, and... It was our headline tour. It was our Discovering the Waterfront 10-year anniversary tour. And it was very stressful the first couple weeks, like kind of ironing out the kinks in the set. We had this like backdrop reveal we were doing. And we, were playing, like, we were playing like 19 songs or something. And then you guys bailed on, on the tour for a bit uh, to go to Europe. 
And I remember you guys leaving and us being like, oh, we miss Beartooth. And then you guys <laughs> telling me in England, you guys were miserable over there touring the UK. Yeah. <laughs> With like, with, like, pop bands or something. And then we came back, and it was like, ah, like, I love you guys. And that was, to me, really when the whole Silvertooth thing started, you know? That and was the spark, man. That was, that the, was spark. the spark. But it's funny you say the room thing, too. Like, remember in Adelaide, like, you and I shared a room. Like, you know, like, typically yeah. when bands are on tour together, the bands, you know, band members will stay in the same, like, at least the same band. We were like, ah, no, no, me and Caleb, we're just going to share a room, uh, uh, tonight, yeah, and it was sick. and we would just fucking mix and match and like, yep. Oh my god, we had like the craziest times of our fucking lives over there, and uh, dude, that yeah, man, I. It's just rare that you meet a band that you genuinely get on that well with, man. It was fucking, no. it's crazy. So, also, thanks for uh, fucking bringing me on for round two on this podcast. Fuck Very yeah, cool. Dude. Very uh very excited about it thanks for doing always this is a blast. the one year anniversary of my podcast and i felt like there's no better way to you know to to uh, it's a, just come full circle you know what i mean right right we uh we are just we've come around and and we got to catch up anyways you know it's just like i could just call you on the phone and we just have this conversation anyways i guess you know um yeah but but true. it's might as well do it on the record and uh and obviously, let the people know uh, what's going on with you and what's going on with Beartooth. Um, speaking of which, uh, I guess Aggressive, it's been out for a little while now. Uh, you're going to ride it out for a while, I assume, but um, have you have you thought at all about Third Record? Dude, I mean, I would be lying if I had said that I hadn't. Uh, you know, we like just really started getting underway on this cycle on this tour Um, because we have the U.S. leg, which is done tomorrow, and then we have two days off. Then we go to the U.K. and Europe, and uh, we do that whole thing. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean, then after that, we're taking the winter off completely because I – uh, you know, I think I really wanted a break. I think we all, as a band, really need one just because it's been so fucking nonstop. So the tour ends like December seventeenth, yeah. and that Bring Me tour starts on like March eighth or something, tenth. Yeah. Um, sometime early March. So like three months. So we're taking that. We're taking all that time off. Nice. And uh, yeah, I may have made some plans to uh, start dabbling in a little bit of writing because. Sure. It's very important to me on this record that I space it out more like the first record was. Because I think, honestly, man, like I can do it. I've done those, you know, I've done records in three weeks. I've done them in a month. I've done them in two, three months. But at least after how hectic everything's been, um, I just want to try and space LP3 out a bit more. I want to do like writing sessions over the course of, you know, maybe like over the course of a year, I right. go sure. and work with this dude for a little bit. And then I have like a month at home where I, you know, dabble in it. Just not a high pressure situation. Absolutely. And, uh, so, yeah, you know, I'm going to start working on it, but I really don't know. Man, I don't have a fucking clue what it's going to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I love about making Beartooth records is I never know what it's going to sound like. 
I mean, I generally know like the Beartooth riff yep. kind of like thing. But other than that, I just start writing and whatever happens, happens. Well, there's always going to be if, an element. I mean, you're the only one that writes Beartooth songs, right? I mean, so yeah. whatever, it, things are going to sound like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's not like yeah. we're bringing in different people. Um, although I do want to talk for a quick second about Connor, the new addition to Silvertooth, the latest. Connor Dennis yeah. is a hell of a drummer. Oh my god, dude, um, he's one amazing. of the best, and what a hilarious dude! How's he fitting in with yeah. you guys? Dude, he he is he's fucking great. I mean, he's a really good dude. Obviously, an incredible drummer, and I met him on Warped. And, um, you know, he was playing for being as an ocean and I would go up and just watch him play drums every day. I just go watch him play. And, you know, being a drummer, that's where we first connected was just talking drums. And, you know, when things were happening, uh, with Brandon and we needed to kind of change it up a little bit, um, which also definitely on the record, none of the Brandon leaving thing. Cause I don't know if I've ever really addressed this. Uh, cause I don't, you know, it's not something I want to talk about to some fucking random person, right? but okay. like, no, like totally cool. Love the dude to death genuinely. And this isn't like trying to bullshit. No saying like, nah, I was cool when there was some huge problem. And like, you've known Brandon, like we got, we had no issues with him as a person. It was just some stuff, you know, that needed to change. And we still love the dude. Taylor still lives with the exactly. guy. Like, I was going to say, we Taylor, still hang Taylor out. Taylor like, still lives with him. And I, I yeah, mean, we all still hang out. It's all totally cool. So never think that it was like a personal thing to anybody who was curious. Right. But um, yeah, so, you know, there was some things that needed to happen. And, um, you know, we talked with Brandon about it and we all made our peace and it was cool. And uh, he went his separate way. And so... You know, we we wanted to keep it a four piece just because the band has gone through a good bit of like member change and a good bit of trying to get things solidified. And you know, so called I called Connor because I knew that he had been out of being as an ocean, but I really wasn't sure what his stance was. I didn't know if he was like done with touring. That's why sure. he was out or what. So I I just literally called him. Just he was the first person I hit up and was like, "Hey man, um, so we need a drummer to tour. Do you have any interest?" And he was like, "Yeah, totally." And we had a tour in like a week and a half. Wow! You know, guy learns fucking fourteen, fifteen songs in like three days, and is sending me videos of it. Wow! Just crushing. Yeah, and. uh yeah, and also, I didn't really know the dude very well as a person. It was just kind of like, well, he's a fucking sick drummer, and let's see how he is. And he's great. He is We great. love the dude. He is fucking hilarious. He's young. He literally just turned 20, which is yeah. crazy. He's the first person I have toured with uh, younger than myself on like in our own camp in my life, and I've been touring for a long time. <laughs> which That's is well, it's yeah. crazy it's it's like reality starting to set in i'm not the young buck anymore well man. i'm usually I'm the oldest 24. guy i'm usually the oldest guy on every tour i do or definitely the oldest guy on the bus um <laughs> so i'm used to ha- having you know hanging out with younger people and um it's funny because you know hanging out with you guys and obviously the first tour i hung out with connor on was uh 
well, Europe and then and then a lot in Australia. And it, it's it's rad because like he stepped in to the you know Silvertooth and it was like it was like he always been there. And yeah. he's and he's like literally fifteen years younger than me and I don't ever think about that. You know? We just talk yeah. like we're quoting like curb your enthusiasm together and stuff. Like it's just <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing you that's know? crazy about that dude. He has more knowledge about like fucking nineties music and old T V shows and like random like the yeah. I I can't I don't know how he has time to listen to all the records he's listened to in his life. It's really fucking weird. Like yeah, well. to me at least that he is so young and that dude has more knowledge than anyone I know. It's fucking crazy. But crazy. yeah, I mean and to come in, it's like the Silvertooth camp is a fucking tight knit camp. It is. And he came in and just fucking he, he made his way, dude. He killed it. It's uh awesome, you know, it's man. a it's a tough thing to get in dialed, but the guy got it. And yeah, man, it's been cool. Uh, we we have been having a lot of fun as well, just uh, with the live show. You know, we've been like me as a drummer, and just like being able to work with somebody like that, and know that he's behind the fucking kit. Just like he tears it up, and he always he pushes me to want to be a better drummer and to cool. want to write a better third record. Sure. So. Um, yeah, man, having him tour for Beartooth and play drums live is uh, absolutely incredible. Awesome, man. Hey, um, Silvertooth lives, and you heard it here first. Uh, yeah, not going work, fucking Always anywhere. working, always working on Silvertooth, always, always figuring stuff out. So Silvertooth, like, always, there's always something going on. We're always oh, yeah. talking. It is always. a constant conversation. <laughs> And I was saying, I think the last one I had was either with Bill or PMR, and it, I think it was with PMR, and he was pretty drunk. And he's like, we're doing fucking Terminal 5, New York City, we're doing Pyro. We're do-. I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Hey man, you like, guys are already doing Pyro tomorrow, so uh, you, can, you can let us know how that goes. Yeah, oh my god. If you don't blow I, up the, uh, uh, the entire city of Columbus. Yeah, we're going to try our best not to. But <laughs> goddamn... Yeah, man, Silvertooth, uh, Silvertooth lives. We got plans. Absolutely. Well, Caleb, hey, thank you so much, man, for uh, for jumping on with me today for my one year anniversary party. Dude, it was great, and congrats on the one year. This is fucking sick. I love listening to the podcast. Again, great for you know, very grateful to you for having me on. We'll very make cool. it. We'll make it a yearly tradition. How about that? Let's Every do it. year, we'll we'll catch up, but we'll do it. Until fuck yeah, and for all four years of Trump's election, yeah, right. Like he's gonna get through four years, dude. Oh yeah, right, dude. dude. Six it, months. I give it six months. Yeah, God only knows. Jesus, oh, this goodness. whole thing is gonna, this be is nice. gonna be. This is gonna be wild, though. I mean, like, yeah, I'm sure we. He will give us plenty of topics to yes. uh, keep our conversations interesting. Yes, we. Yes, he will. Well, hey man, Ugh. thanks again. Uh, have a great hometown show tomorrow. I hope uh, you get you get extra nervous for that kind of shit, or are you uh, are you are you just stoked? A uh, little bit, uh, you know, really stoked. I am a little bit nervous just because there, just because it's surely the biggest headline show we've ever done. Yeah, and then we have all of these new elements that we're bringing in just for this right. one show. Right, right, like, right. That's dude, a little, that's a little scary. 
Yeah, so Squeaks, our our lighting guy, who has also done stuff for Silverstein, which is how we met him, who is great uh, if you ever need lighting. But he's bringing out like <laughs> if you ever need lighting. <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't know. Just, hey, you need lights? <laughs> you ever need lights? It's like you that episode, throw the craziest party ever. <laughs> it's like that episode when Homer of the Simpsons when Homer starts playing bass. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. Look it up. Anybody listening to this, look up the episode where Homer learns to play bass. It's it's a newer episode, but there's a, there's a he's at like a guitar center, and uh, the, the the like guys try to sell him stuff. And he's like, uh, so you you all covered our lighting? And and Homer's like, uh, and the guy goes, what about gels? And Homer goes, I got to be honest with you. I haven't even thought about gels. <laughs> Dude, like, yeah. So anyway, if you need lights. If you need squeak, lights, squeak lights. There you go. The guy. <laughs> But, dude, he's bringing in, like, because we've had a light rig on this whole tour. Oh, extra fire. He's bringing out, like, four times our current light rig just for this one show. Dude, we're going so above and beyond. Uh, So it it is kind of, like, it's a little bit daunting. To me, it's just, like, I hope my voice is the best it's ever sounded. (laughs) And, uh, God damn it, we better put on the best show we've ever done. There you go. Yeah, well. But it'll be good. It'll be good. Absolutely, man. No. Well, uh, as always, it's great. Great to have you. Uh, I hope the hype keeps going. I hope, fuck, I hope you have a great time tomorrow and uh, hope to see you around soon. I guess we'll be hanging out in London, I think. I'll see you in. Uh, yeah, in UK, yeah, so. we'll hang out in London. That'll be fucking sweet. Hell yeah, man. All right, dude. Silvertooth lives. Silvertooth lives. All right, Caleb. See you, buddy. You have a good one, man. So there it is, my conversation with Caleb. Just warms my heart to see good people playing good music and having it actually be successful and being rewarded for that. Beartooth, they get it. They love it. They care about their fans. And watching them grow over the past two years now has been incredible. And I'm just so proud to call them my friends. Also, Silvertooth, always a thing, will still be a thing. Keep your eyes and ears peeled because... It's coming. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. If you love this episode, you're going to love the first one I did with Caleb. It's episode number one, so go back and check that out. And, of course, thank you so much for an amazing year. Please, let's keep this thing growing. Tell a friend. Post about it on your social media. Do whatever you got to do to spread the word because the bigger this thing gets, the better it's going to get. And that's exciting for me. I'll leave you with a new Beartooth song from their latest record, Aggressive. Here is my favorite song from the record. It's called Hated. Check it out on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. Who knew you'd be hated for being who you are And be a big target for all the insecure
try to scream, but you never will listen.